Welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast. I'm David James from 360 Learning, and each episode I chat with guests about what lights them up in the world of people development. In this episode, I'm welcoming back Shannon Martin for another conversation about podcasts for L&D. But before we get into it, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating on your podcast app of choice to help others to find us. And thank you if you've done so already. Now, let's get into it. Shannon, welcome back to the Learning and Development Podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here again. Uh, so we recorded first uh, an episode on podcasts for L&D at the beginning of 2021, can you believe it? Uh, and that was because it was, and still is, uh, a tremendous growth area. So could we start off um, by just exploring how big podcasting is now and how much it's grown in the two years since we spoke? Yeah, it continues to grow. It's amazing. It, it is wild that it's uh, the time has flown since we last spoke <laughs> to think about that. But um, I looked up some of the numbers recently because it. I feel like I have all these numbers in my head from the many years in podcasting, how it's gone. And uh, so I went to see what the latest numbers are, were. And uh, the stats I saw said there's about uh, 5 million podcasts coming into this year, uh, about 70 million episodes. Um, and yeah, actually there were about uh, the Apple podcast statistics said 79 million as of, I think that was May, 2023 episodes. And that was up from around when we talked, it was around 50 something million episodes. Um, so there's lots of different ways you can look at podcasting. How many podcasts are there, right? So 5 million or so that, that number was something around two, I think probably when we spoke so yeah. significantly different, but then how many episodes, so that number, you know, can be a bit different because some podcasts start and they're sort of an empty shell. They don't do much or they, they, you know, it's a limited series, that kind of thing. And then also, of course, the listener market is really important and that's continuing to grow. Um, I think in the U.S. it's up to around 100 million active listeners. And that was probably around the 80 mark when we when we last spoke. Mm. And then you have over 460 million globally. Mm. Uh, and I think the global population of listeners is also really, really expanding, uh, especially as Spotify got more into podcasting and some people are listening and listening and or watching on YouTube. So it opens up sort of different audiences. So yeah, just continued growth and uh, little bits of, you know, ups and downs, I think in terms of the, 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 sort of percentage growth, um, but definitely not stopping anytime soon, it doesn't seem. No, no, not at all. I know that, uh, that so I, I started this podcast in the, start recording in the spring of 2019. And I remember at the time, my research uh, showed me that there were 1 million podcasts. So yeah. it was a good time to get in because, you know, podcast apps are like SEO, really. Mm -hmm. And so imagine being on the internet when there were only a million uh, mm -hmm. web pages, and then you've got this is particularly niche. So, uh, so, so, you know, we, we, we got in there, certainly not, not uh, early, uh, but early enough to, uh, to benefit. I mean, um, that, you know, growing five times is, uh, uh, is, is phenomenal. And, and I, I want to go off piste um, for a moment, mm -hmm. uh, Shannon, uh, uh, if, if I may, and, and ask you whether you've got, this is your opinion or whether uh, um, uh, you have any insights here. What's behind this? Why, why do people, me included, I know you do too. Why, why, and probably every listener as well. Why do we love podcasts? 
I think the the uniqueness of podcasts is the uh, and of course it's, this is changing a little bit. As some people are watching video podcasts, but a lot of it is thought of as an audio medium. And I think we're so busy, and there's so much content to consume, and most content we're consuming is visual, mm. and requires our attention to a screen. So podcasts have this unique ability uh, to you know that, that we can multitask, and we're in and, and the, it's actually interesting because there's a that sometimes the initial thought with that might be that oh then people are are distracted. Mm-hmm. So do they learn as much? Do they take as much away? But actually the research shows quite the opposite. And I think it makes sense when you think about it, when it's something integrated into sort of your daily habits, mm-hmm. it makes sense that your brain absorbs it better. You know, if I'm taking a walk every day, doing things around the house, listening, uh, I really absorb that information. So I think it, it's unique in in that uh, compared to a lot of other content. Because I mean, really, I can't think of you know everything else that we consume pretty much. We are either watching a video, reading an article. My eyes are tired <laughs> from all this. So it's, it's really nice. I think that's the audio you know, uniqueness that it has. And then the way that most podcasts have been sort of formulated springing from that audio medium. So even if people are watching them on YouTube, the nature of it is probably still set up you know, as it, as it was, you know, so very storytelling, mm-hmm. um, based. And I think that's, uh, one of the keys to how it really gets across how podcast really gets across information. So, well, whether it's this interviewing kind of storytelling like we're doing right now, or, uh, you know, a, a fictionalized series and audio drama, uh, the narrated style, you know, those different kind of things, but there's, there's always that storytelling element to it. Mm. And, and so, with the with the numbers that you uh, you shared in your your response before, it's fair to say that podcasts are mainstream. But uh, but that said, in an episode that I recently recorded with Donald Clark, um, Donald mentioned that he's surprised that in company learning and development don't use podcasts more. Now, I personally can see an enormous amount of potential for podcasting, as could he when uh, when he mentioned this. Um, and so, perhaps we could start off by exploring how you're seeing other organizations using podcasts today. Definitely. I, I t- totally agree with him that I think they are, uh, you know, not being used as much as they could be. Mm. I think there's a lot of uh, interesting possibilities with it. Um, but we're seeing all kinds of things. We work on a lot of, um, at Lower Street, we work on a lot of branded podcasts. So those are, are more external, not necessarily related to, to LND, but uh, a lot of the same principles apply that we'll talk about in terms of making them. And uh, in terms of podcasts for LND, we see a wide variety. I think some of the most successful uh, podcasts do some form of storytelling of people in the organization. Mm. Uh, And that might be sort of knowledge sharing. It might be employee stories. Uh, I've heard, I've talked to, probably we talked about this way back because it's something that's been a theme, you know, going forward. um, But I keep seeing it is a lot of organizations really highlighting stories from all across the organization Mm -hmm. uh, to really help people see different career paths, for example, uh, to learn from others, to see the diversity within the organization and all of these kind of things. So we see a lot of that. And I think that's there's so much potential for that. And that can have so many benefits to the organization, the people's development, obviously, but also the sort of internal branding of the organization, the recruitment efforts, you know, maintaining um, good people, um, all of that. We also see a lot of leadership. One of the podcasts that we're working on at Lower Street is around a specific leadership cohort at a Fortune 500. Mm. And they, I actually was it's good timing because I was just talking to the woman yesterday who spearheads this project with our team. And uh, it's a really great podcast, the way they've put it together in terms of how they've 
put the storytelling uh, together with two uh, sort of pairing two leaders uh, in each episode. And the the thing that she mentioned to me was that they have modules within this program that they're doing. And there's certain things that are nice to have and there's certain things that are required. And so she kind of said, you know, these are things that are required. The podcast is one of the nice to haves. It's a, it's an added for those that have the time to do it, that are they're motivated to do it, that um, kind of thing. And it, it fits perfectly. And it's a super busy cohort uh, and really hard to get more, you know, FaceTime with them on, you know, looking at stuff on their screen. So that, that was part of why they started to do, uh, they felt like the podcast would be a great way to get this stuff across. And then the leaders themselves that are involved are really also getting a lot out of it because they're really enjoying going through that process of being interviewed and being featured. So it's having a lot of different benefits. Uh, and she was telling me the feedback they're getting uh, is really great in terms of uh, what people are getting out of it. So even though they don't have to do it and they have to do some other things, it seems like it's having a really big impact as that you know, sort of maybe extra piece in the in the puzzle of, of that program. Um, but, you know, I, I'm going to be curious in the end what the numbers are if people don't have to do it. It's, it seems like they're already getting really high engagement. So when the final numbers come out, that'll be really interesting to see. Mm, it, it's just another extension of collaborative learning in that sense that uh, that you've got those cohorts uh, who are willing to to contribute as well as benefit uh, and of course, um, in in collaborative learning, in in, in many ways in which it uh, it, it it can evolve, um, at its very essence, it's it's learning from colleagues who have walked where you are treading, who uh, who have mm -hmm. the experience, uh, but also the insights that perhaps that you're not privy to, uh, and we and, and plenty of that we can come to uh, later in the conversation. But before we do, uh, there's another side to that coin of of how organisations are using. Uh, podcast and that is what is preventing some organizations from from not not getting involved even when there is some interest from either learning and development or comms or other people within the organization and there would clearly be appetite because podcasts are uh, so popular and have grown in popularity uh, so so what are those some of the things preventing organizations uh, or individuals from uh, from uh, from bringing an idea of doing it to to actually uh, uh, doing podcasts I think it's outside of sort of the traditional maybe scope of what people in L&D, you know, have, have been exposed to kind of in their early careers and educational process. So there might not be a comfort level when we find when it does take off, it's usually because it's a person with a passion for podcasts. Uh, so if there's not a familiarity there, that's a, it's a barrier to get over. So I'd say lack of knowledge and not even that's really not a barrier that is a big problem. We can easily cover, you know, uh, cross that barrier. But it is, I think, psychologically, it's a thing that's there that people think, how am I going to do this? And again, the person I was talking to yesterday, it's actually a great example. Uh, she said, until she talked to my colleague who had the initial conversation, she was trying to figure out not, not, not what microphone to use and things like that, that she could figure out easily or ask someone in the organization, but trying to come up with how they sort of formatted it and strategized around it and did it really well. Uh, and especially because they were going to be highlighting leaders wanting to, uh, and she kind of had this thought process about, well, this is kind of what I want to achieve, but how, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. And they, when he was kind of coming up with how we could help get that uh, together, she 
felt tremendous relief because it was a real, it was a real blocker for her. And she actually, she didn't have anyone really in the organization that had podcasting expertise. So, and she didn't have that. And so that way of putting it together was what was really challenging her, like how to go about it, how to, you know, a lot of the kind of logistics, but not the sort of simple technical stuff. So I think that's quite common. Uh, that's a problem. Again, it's something if, if anyone listening thinks, oh, a podcast would be cool, but I have that fear. I have that worry. There yeah. are great resources out there. I mean, there are, uh, you know, of course we do this work. So I, I would say working with a production team is one great way to go about it. Um, mm-hmm. But there are lots of, you know, lots of options. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that difficult. Um, and it's not something that for the most part, no one has a degree in podcast casting. So <laughs> there's, there's not, uh, people out there that, you know, you, you know, are going to know a lot more than you, you do, but there's resources. And then the other thing sometimes is budgets. Um, and you know, that, that mix of spending and what kind of projects we have to work on and, and things like that. So that can, you know, that can be a barrier at times as well. Yeah. I think that's uh, that, that, uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, uh, with, with what you'd said. I know that uh, some advice I'd had, um, as I was kicking this off, uh, and that was do six, commit to six. You don't do you don't do more. You don't do less. You do six. And, and in hindsight, I think that was really smart because I could have given up after one. Like you just do one and go, Phew, I'm glad that's done. But I lined up six conversations to have. Uh, and by the I, don't, I mean, by easily by the sixth, uh, I felt as if I'd really hit my stride. And, and we're, we're well over 100 episodes later. Um, and that that momentum just maintained. But going back to your to your point before um, uh, about cost, so much of learning and development is expensive, and it's huge bets on uh, programs and systems and technology um, that 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 are launched on unsuspected audiences. But but going back to that collaborative sense, a, a conversation with people that not everybody has access to can have such both broad appeal and broad impact. And relatively speaking, the cost can be so low. Um, uh, I, I went from hiring a, uh, a studio to do my uh, to do my podcast back in 2019, because I thought that would be a way to lure in guests uh, make it prestigious, uh, and it was uh, it was a beautiful uh, podcast. But when COVID hit, I, I've been doing it on on Zoom ever since. So you, I think you do build up the confidence after a while to do a little bit more. I go back to the uh, to the the Donald Clark um, episode that I mentioned earlier, uh, when generative AI was making such huge waves through learning and development. Uh, Donald and I were in touch um, one week. We, you know, four days later, we were recording, uh, and three days later, the the podcast episode was out. Which again, you you gain the confidence to be able to do that. And there are few more powerful means than being privy to what may have been a private conversation otherwise uh, mm-hmm. and seeing what actually happens because the, the the benefits are huge i don't want to blow my own trumpet but i met two <laughs> people in uh, in recent years uh, who since the podcast has uh, has gone live told me that they learned how to do learning and development via listening to this podcast and you know i find that yeah. i find it hugely flattering but i also I, you know I'm, I'm also incredibly proud because it's kind of what we what we set out to do to 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 have important conversations but but take this to the uh, where, where learning and development actually happened uh, and, and where it really mattered to both the learning and development professional and employee. And I think that 
that it can be so powerful. So imagine that, that, that people are learning to do a particular job from 100 episodes of a podcast. Imagine what they could be doing inside an organization where perhaps uh, there are um, more, um, uh, more, I was gonna say more important, more urgent, but perhaps more critical um, uh, conversations to be listening into. And I, and I wonder, um, Shannon, um, if you think that, uh, that uh, with remote and hybrid working, that internal podcasts would be a great way of, say, unpacking culture and sharing important insights and, and whether you're seeing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another uh, podcast that we're getting ready to create that we're just working with is exactly about that. The two of the leaders had conversations on a regular basis. Uh, well, I think daily, uh, I think on a commute or something, they, they would have these conversations. And so they thought, oh, you know, we're having these conversations and this is all stuff about how the business is going to, how the business is running, what decisions we're making, things that, you know, we send out an email when the the decision has been made and there's a lot more behind it. And to really get that across to employees, it's very hard without it, without them hearing a conversation um, to just write that email or that memo. No one's going to read it if it's 10 pages long of all the background. Mm -hmm. So how, how can we share some of this stuff? Because it's, especially in times of tough decisions, I think that's really important. So yeah. with things like remote work and AI and all the all these changes that are in our world, our world of work and things with the economy and, and stuff like this, really there's a lot of, you know, sort of psychological safety and that those kind of things that employees that can make a big difference for employees and their their morale and their job performance and staying with the organization and all these things and that transparency is is really important. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a cool podcast. I'm excited to get it going. Uh, we're not just recording them having their car conversation. We're we're going to be uh, really sort of planning these out and really thinking about you know how we get this information um, across. But really that conversational format. Uh, and I think there's lots of ways we see that. Again, the employee stories kind of podcast that we see a lot of are really really great for that because you know a lot of and and I think you know, there's always talk about different generations and work and different things like this and how you know different types of people reply respond to different things but you know let's be honest a, a lot of employees or people coming into an organization look at what an organization says they do and says eh, I have some skepticism, you know, when they say their culture is great, when they say they're supportive, when they say they, you know, uh, do these kind of initiatives, there's there's skepticism and pretty much, you know, some people more than others, but in a lot of us to at, towards that. And so having actual stories and conversations with real people uh, is is how you actually sort of show, you know, show, not tell. And, and that's what a podcast is all about. So I think there's so many ways that we could, uh, so many more ways we could be doing this and, and taking advantage of podcasting. But I am glad that I'm seeing a lot of that. And, and that seems to be, I, I would say that's that kind of broad area is where I'm seeing a lot of this going right now. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, Shannon. Uh, I, I, I think that it's it, as well as being uh, having the potential to be high impact, it can also be low risk. I think of, of a of a time when uh, um, uh, the, I, when I first joined Disney, and uh, one of the HR business partners asked me whether I'd run a course, create a course on how to work in a matrix organization. Uh, my, and I've said this on the podcast before. My response was, "What's a matrix organization?" <laughs> but that's what we were working in, and and I remember thinking. 
like if I don't even know what it is, how am I going to create a course on something? So so going down the traditional route would have been pretty risky for me to be delivering something that was perhaps too generic, perhaps uh, too facile to actually really meet a need. But you just imagine, like you know, we, we, we're talking about uh, how. Um, uh, organizations can unpack the culture in a remote or hybrid setting that we're all in now uh, so that employees wherever they're working can actually access it and make it work for them so so back in uh you know if, if i had that question now about can i do something on uh, working in a, in a matrix organization the response would be speak to some uh, some hr business partners and say hey look who who navigates this really well for you like uh, perhaps we could pick somebody out at somebody who was uh, a, a junior manager somebody who was middle management someone was senior management and perhaps somebody who uh, wasn't a management level but was particularly savvy and maybe we'll just host a, a conversation about what they do and then see where it goes now you know, I, I mentioned earlier a few, quite a few podcasts in. I kind of get in my head that that would be a series, <laughs> like that. <laughs> that we probably have a, a panel discussion and then realise that you could probably have a conversation with each of them afterwards mm -hmm. to really unpack it. And then imagine having five podcast episodes that really unpacks these uh, these intangibles, but didn't just take it down to observations. Had tactic with tactics within it as well mm -hmm. of how you actually make that work and just how powerful that would be. And in the absence of role modeling uh, uh, colleagues on an everyday basis, that does seem to meet a need that a lot of organizations will be experiencing today. Yeah, certainly. And I love what you said about a lower risk kind mm. of thing. And also when we talked about budgets, this is something, you know, sometimes uh, if if people, if, if we're working with companies, so obviously there's a cost to having a production company. Mm. And so we'll be up against that you know, kind of thing. But as you said, I mean, relatively for what you can get for the impact it can have, that's something that really has to be considered when, you're, when we're thinking about potentially spending money on this. Mm. And compared to a lot of these giant systems and other things that, you know, people are and, and complex things to create, it, it, it can, you you know, number one, be a lower risk, lower, uh, you know, friction. And then number two, big impact and much of it evergreen. Mm, so that when you mentioned your example of that person saying they they learned all about L&D from you, you know, that you can you can still you could be hearing that from hundreds of people into who knows what year, depending on if our technology changes and podcasts mm -hmm. are still up as they are. So that's something that you know, also is really important to consider when they're when looking at cost, time, investment, learning, you know, learning it and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 um yeah, it can have wonderful impacts. And another um criticism of big companies, Shannon, and certainly many that I've worked in, is that they will operate in silos and, and often middle managers are criticized for not releasing enough or the right information. But again, podcasts could be a great way of sharing what's needed in a highly contextual and practical way, but without having to go through different channels. So, so very, very quickly, if there was either an announcement or it was recognized that uh, important information needs to be released to either the entire population or a certain cohort, uh, and it was time critical, it really doesn't take long just to to uh, formulate maybe half a dozen questions to prompt a conversation to get going, get some key people in the room in order to manage a message out again. Like, are you, are you seeing anything like that? 
Yeah, certainly. Uh, over the years, that's been a big reason, a big motivation. A lot of companies have have come to you know me and my different podcasting roles and said, we want to start this because we realize everybody is very, very siloed. People are all over the world. People are re- remote or hybrid, these kind of things. And getting information out uh, in a timely manner, getting information out in a way that people absorb it is really, is really important. And, and the growth, the potential understanding of what other people in the company are doing that is often missing. It's often difficult. What is Who is that department? What is that? I've talked to a lot of people lately and there, there's some, there's certain departments that will go unnamed that often, <laughs> have a bad name, you know, because they create a lot of friction to get things done. Um, and I, I actually, not not too long ago, I was talking to someone in one of these particular types of departments. Uh, was their pod, they were creating a podcast all about it? Like, what? How does this? And it was going to be a really fun style. We were talking about you know making it more than just this is what we do, you know, and and listing it out so that people would want to listen, and then people would have more of an understanding. Uh, and then in the long run, some of the tactical kind of advice that would come out of it is sort of how do you work with this department when you have projects, and what can you do to make your life easier with them, and vice versa. But it would really be telling the stories kind of behind the people and behind the work and, and, you know, so that it's not considered a nuisance. And I think there's so many ways in an organization that that could play out because there's so many things where, what, what do they do over there? What is that? <laughs> uh, you know, someone that's responsible for sort of uh, looking at the budget of a certain part of the organization. Um, there's another big company we work with that we're getting ready to do one of these on, and it's sort of their creative studio within their uh, large company. And so their clients, quote unquote, are their internal consultants. Mm. And so this is going to be really exciting to as a way and and because it's um they're they're on the creative side we're going to be doing a very creative version of this and I, I'm excited to see how it comes out so it's going to be it's going to really again show not tell. Mm. They're going to tell stories of, you know, their projects sort of but they're going to show it in a really creative way and uh yeah, that's I mean it probably will boost business for them uh internally make the organization stronger and better and make all of the people that would work with them have better resources. So mm. I mean, it's it's definitely going to pay off, uh, in you know when when we get that out and and get the ears checking it out. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh, now, Shannon, um, you, you clearly speak with a lot of organisations about podcasting. So, what are the game changing nuggets uh, that have them go from thinking about podcasting to actually doing it? Yes, that's a big one. Uh, I think a lot of what we've talked about is is part of it just uh what the effectiveness of audio and uh actually just to mention one thing that i heard not too long ago which i think is really cool is i heard a presentation that was about the neuroscience of audio so i mentioned when we're multitasking and these things and these are just things that i've picked up on different studies and things over the years but i really i I listened up as soon as i heard this one because there were actually a couple of different studies that were done that took something, took a piece of content that had visual, had potential visual and and audio. And they had a certain segment, just listen, and the other segment, watch and listen. And they were measuring brain waves and they were measuring brain activity and extreme differences between when people were just listening in terms of the memories they were encoding, the brain activity. Uh, and so it's it's like, like reading a book, you have to form your own pictures. And then audio is kind of a, a, a different level of that you're hearing, but you're still doing that. You're do you're making your own pictures. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of times when I'm talking with companies getting into some of that effectiveness and some of the why, and then where podcasting makes sense. 
where it fits. And we've talked about a lot of examples, but uh, why, why should it be used for this and maybe not that? Mm. and somewhere something else so that that's a big part of it and then the i guess the next step to getting to the point of doing it is talking through the process Mm -hmm. because again so many people come like the woman i mentioned earlier i just don't know i think we need to have a podcast for this but i don't know how to formulate this Mm -hmm. so when we talk through the process just hearing that and hearing what the steps are going to be and how we look at it strategically really helps them to know how they're going to get from a to b to z Mm -hmm. now the great thing is that podcast lovers uh, like myself and clearly you, Shannon, uh, we can't get enough of them. So it's likely that a good one will gain traction. So what strategies should L&D teams consider when they're going up against popular public podcasts for the attention of employees? A very good point, because they are going up against those. And that's what we sometimes organizations overlook is that your time that you want to have something in your earbuds, it's not just, well, what is the organization putting out? What are the things we have? It is, you know, I I could be spending my time listening to something, uh, a popular podcast that I love. So it's important to, we approach internal podcasts in the exact same way that we approach I say exact same way. The process is the exact same. It's a little different, obviously, but exact same way we look at external branded podcasts, which is with a sort of competitive landscape analysis research process and a uh, strategy. And so that doesn't mean that you're competing, quote unquote, against serial or the true crime podcast. But what we're trying to understand is your audience, your internal audience. What do they like? What do they listen to? What kind of things can we take away from that? They may seem like very different kinds of podcasts, but there are a lot of things we can learn from them. There's things you can implement uh, into any kind of podcast. These storytelling elements, uh, the ba- the sort of the packaging, the sonic branding of the show, all of this kind of stuff. So that's all really important to consider. I, I, I've shared this conversation before a few times. I one time came across someone and I said, oh, have you ever done podcasts in, in the L&D department? She said, yeah, we tried once, but... No one listened. No one, no, people weren't interested. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Tell me about your employees and kind of what their work cycle is like and all this. And she said, yeah, they really love, they're big podcast listeners, but they just really, and she said, but actually our podcast, it was really bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. And I, so I said, well, okay, that's the lesson there. They would listen to a podcast. We know they like podcasts. Mm you need to make a, a decent podcast that has content that they need. And we need to, you know, you need to look at the podcast itself, not just podcasting in general, because mm. obviously they, they would do well with, uh, they would do well with listening if they had the right thing. Mm. So uh, making the right podcast, you know, looking at all those elements. And then the other part is promoting it and how do we promote it internally? How do we share it? How do we make it easy for people to consume? So that side of it is also something that can't be overlooked. There's a couple of things I want to pick out from from your response there, Shannon. So the the first one is I think hits on an anxiety for for people before they get going with a podcast, and that is they're worrying about sustaining it because either of the amount of work that it takes to maintain regular regularity of content or the perception of 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 it being. Um, expensive, maybe uh, in terms of money and also credibility or currency within the organization and getting guests. So how do you help organizations overcome this hurdle, uh, this legitimate concern around regularity that stops them doing any, or perhaps as you're with your client, only one episode? 
Yeah. I, what you said earlier was a great nugget of information there, which is that one of the ways to do this is to think about the series mm. instead of thinking about like a lot of the podcasts we've listened to might be every week or something. So when we think of a podcast, we might think, oh no, what am I going to get myself into if I have to mm. do this thing every week? And there are different ways to approach it uh, in terms of that cadence. But one way is to look at a series and especially in L&D, this a lot of times makes a lot of sense because there's sort of a specific thing that we want to cover, we can make a series around it. And then you can always make additional seasons, you can add on, uh, you know, you can go to different topics, that kind of thing. But it's a way to look at it in a more uh, tangible, you know, digestible way. Uh, and of course, this is why companies hire us <laughs> a lot, <laughs> Lower Street uh, and, and other production companies, or maybe, you know, if you have resources internally, uh, looking at not having to do it all yourself, you know, I'm head of L&D, and I want to make a podcast. Wow, I'm going to take this whole thing. It's a big, it can be a big project, mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're talking about literally you know, launching it from scratch. So formulating the ideas, coming up with the cover art and the, uh, you know, music that you're going to use and intros and, and all of that and the content plan. So uh, that, consider what resources you have. I think that's uh, going to be one way. And again, that might be, we might work with a company and we might help them launch and strategize and do a first season and they it's something that if they then have internal resources they can bring it internally and stuff so there's lots of different approaches but that first getting going with it i think often having some kind of resource besides just you individually as one person can really be helpful uh, okay well um perhaps as a as a final uh question then shannon um perhaps we can distill some of the best practices uh that we've uh that, that, you've, that you've mentioned so far and and uh um uh and some of the things that both address some of the concerns that you've had like you know a client really uh, launching one podcast and it not being very good so what are the best practices of designing and executing on an organizational podcast for employees um and, and what advice would you give to actually get it off the ground the number one thing to start is to be very clear on the goals of the mm -hmm. podcast and if it is just because you think a podcast is cool uh, or, or someone in the organization brings up we should have one, that that can be a good start. <laughs> I mean, it's nice if someone's behind it, but the, from there, we really need to hone in on the goals. What's the purpose of it? And how, as I mentioned before, how does is, is a podcast the best way to do, go about that goal? Mm -hmm. uh, even though I love podcasts, I'm almost going to always think that they're the right, uh, the right thing. Uh, they're they're not always a fit for every uh, every kind of thing, and maybe there's a better way to go about it. So, number one, be very clear on goals. Number two, know your audience, and in this case, your audience is internal, uh, but understanding. So it's it's very easy to hone in on them. It's much easier than a general podcast going out into the world that maybe you don't you aren't very honed in on the audience. Uh, but the thing with that is understanding what their work life is like, you know, mm -hmm. what their life and work life, uh, what they do enjoy. Uh, what they expect out of podcasts, all these kind of things. What's their day-to-day -day like? And oftentimes the the reason we think about a podcast is because we know the employee's day-to-day, -day, that they're on the road a lot or they're remote and they're busy. And, and so it can be the reason for doing it, but it's also something to consider in terms of uh, the, the how, the what, and all of that. And then from there, it's really looking at a strategy that makes sense, planning out content that's really excellent. Uh, content is king. You want to have decent audio, but you want to have, if you don't have decent content, the audio quality is is not going to matter because no one's going to listen to a beautiful sounding, but really 
not important to their lives mm. piece of content. So really honing in on that and really uh, sort of, I think, diving into uh, sort of strategizing around how to make it as sort of concise and helpful as possible. And tech doesn't need to be complicated. Uh, the other piece, the other thing I'll add is uh, having podcast champions in the organization is, is really helpful. So kind of identifying who the people are in the organization that are big podcast fans that might help share it out, might build some excitement around it, and also potentially might chip in on your team. And it might not be in your, again, silos. It might not be in your silo exactly. It might be that you work collaboratively across some departments. And that's another thing that podcasts, it can be sort of an outcome, even though it's part of the process, mm. is that it can get teams working together uh, on this. And it's something people a lot of times get really excited about in the organization. So yeah. those are, yeah, those are, that's, those are the main things that I think really make a big difference. And it really is important, again, starting uh, kind of looking at all that before getting started rather than kind of jumping in and then thinking, oh, did we make the right thing for the people? And and that looking at that up front can make a big difference in terms of the the risk and results. Fabulous. That's very well summed up, uh, Shannon. Uh, so very finally, uh, if people wish to connect with you uh, or follow your work, how best should they do so? Sure. I'm over at, over at Lower Street. It's lowerstreet.co. And I'm just Shannon at lowerstreet.co. So it's very easy. And then uh, I know a lot of people are probably on LinkedIn and I'm on there pretty regularly. And I'm Shannon Martin Wrights on LinkedIn. Wonderful. We'll put some links in the show notes. Uh, but Shannon, all's left me to say is thank you very much for coming back and being a guest again on the Learning and Development Podcast. Thank you. It was wonderful. So despite the growth of podcasts in our everyday life, it's still a marginal tool in corporate learning and not fully embraced for its potential to make culture accessible and make exclusive conversations open for employees to hear. I hope that what you take from this episode is not only is it uh, often the most powerful tool that we have available, it's also working in many organizations. If this conversation has whet your appetite for good quality L&D chat and you'd like to get involved, you can now join the L&D Collective of which I'm an active member. Join me and hundreds of L&D peers via the link to the L&D Collective in the show notes. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, perhaps to suggest topics you'd like to hear discussed, you can tweet me at David in Learning and connect on LinkedIn. Again, you'll find links in the show notes. And goodbye for now. <laughs>